Vin, you got to move the mic away from your nose. You, you, you're breathing heavy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And no, I was just saying because he has sleep apnea. Fuck you, man. <laughs> you know, you, you ain't listen. Nigga, you, you a straight HIPAA violation, nigga. You talking my business and shit on a motherfucker. Fucking HIPAA violation, motherfucker. Tell us, snitching, snitching on my health, my health situation, nigga. It's a HIPAA violation. What's you? <laughs> it's just a public service announcement. Hello, and welcome to Decoding Ford. Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect this. The podcast where we fearlessly and ferociously explore, debate, and laugh at the complex inner workings, issues, and thinking of today's grown only describe us as soldiers, survivors. Now here's the crew. Allow me to introduce myself. To Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke. Making all your fantasies come true. Talk, talk so nicely. Up next. I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Brooklyn's best kept secret. Ella Rick. Half man, half amazing. Let's not forget. Mr. Straight with no chaser. And Harlem's adopted son. Leon, a.k.a. L.O. I'm complex. I excel. Then prevail. And last, but definitely not. Not least, the master of impressions, king of the town, who's our favorite comedian. I hope he becomes yours too. Now let's get it all in perspective. Mr. Vincent Perez. My family, what up? This is Decoding 40. You already know. Don't stop. No one can do it better. So, it's been a minute we've been on the mic since we've been on the mic, fellas. It has. Life's been happening. going on in our lives. It's crazy. We missed y'all, man. We're excited to be back here, man. We're, we're happy to just be here, all of us. Yeah, alive, and, uh, healthy. It's been crazy, man. So let's tell the people where we've been, what's been going on, why we haven't published. 2020. 2020. Yeah, can we get a duo? is a motherfucker. I yeah. wish I had my receipt. If I had the receipt for 2020, I would absolutely ship it back. No, 2020 is like one of them purchases that just there's no return. I want to take y'all back to March for a second because... Mm. Uh, I was out of town week before my birthday. I get back. I'm like, we're gonna go hang out. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate my birthday on Sunday night, Friday the 13th. Yes, sir. The city's like, I think we might shut shit down. So I decide, all right, I better go over to BJ's and get, you know, just stock up on stuff, get some stuff for the house, some paper towels, toilet paper. Of course, there's none of that shit. There's absolutely none left. I was online to get to the register for three hours. I walked in there with my, with my son because I was thinking I'd just be in and out, right? I didn't even bring the diaper bag. That's how confident I was that I was leaving soon. <laughs> huh. Jesus. And yeah, so he's screaming. He hasn't had a nap. He doesn't have any milk. His diaper is dirty. And I'm in line for three hours. But I can't leave the line because... I don't know what that shit's going to look like if I if I try to leave and try to come back. So I'm I'm just here. We're just going to have to, you know, sort of power through. So that was the 13th. By the Sunday, the 15th, the entire world was in quarantine. Nobody was going out. All of a sudden, everybody had to be wearing a mask. The world changed that quickly. Yeah, dude. COVID business, boy. Big business. Yeah, man. Yeah. Then I horrible. then I got hit with the uh, CV nineteen. I like to call it. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, that was that was terrible. Lot of his mercy. So, <laughs> so, so Alaric, let's take a step back. Unfortunately, Alaric contracted the COVID nineteen virus, but we still here. Thank God. Do you know how 
you contracted it, or do you do you suspect where? I two suspicions. So I traveled to Colorado the week before, and I was in an arena. I was working in an arena with like eighteen thousand people. So it could be that. It could be on the plane, or it could be the three hours that I spent in BJ's touching shit and no mask because we didn't we didn't know at that point that we needed to be wearing gloves and masks. And uh, yeah, so those are my those are my two suspicions. You was in that motherfucking uh, stadium and all them coughing ass <laughs> motherfuckers out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. hey, fucking guys, yeah. I heard this COVID's coming out here. I'm not worried about it, though. I would just keep coughing on people with my COVID. At that time, all people were really doing was like hand sanitizer. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was wearing gloves. Old Asian white, uh, Asian women were wearing uh Yes, masks. they were. They've been doing that since 86. Yeah, so like, they've been doing that since SARS. Yeah, they know. But I wanted to ask, so what event was happening at this uh, arena? I, I guess I can say. Uh, I don't think I can say. Actually, no. What's, I just I don't know specifically. Was, was it a there concert? a rubbing thug going was, on? Like, it, it was. It was. It was a very famous television host, and um, they were having sort of a rally. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. What are you drinking? And that glass Uncle of ice. Oh, it's oh, already shit. kicking in, my friend. Don't worry. Okay, all right. It's working. It's working. What, what? Hold on. What time is it right now? Because I got. I got to set my. I got to set the timer when Ramble shows up. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Rambles. So, yeah. Actually, so, hold on. Actually, the, the niggas already aggressively clacking that ice around. It's only a matter of time before he starts slamming actually, microphones. Actually, actually COVID. <laughs> and, COVID has killed Ramble. No, 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 sir. Uncle, no. Hold up, Uncle Nearest is there, and he's gonna bring him back to life. He's Hold always up. there. <laughs> Hold up. If the microphone shuts off and you start here screaming and yelling, rambles back. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. No, no, Rambo was killed with COVID-19. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so I have a question, Rick. Did you sleep on the plane? And yeah, I'll tell you why I asked that in a minute. Okay, so what I found is when I travel and when I used to take long flights to like California overseas, Whenever mm. I s- slept on a plane, I always try to take some type of immune enhancer because I feel like when I sleep, I would inhale all the germs and I would end up, whenever I would sleep, I would get sick. Like mm. when I sleep long periods How of time. How are you inhaling when you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that. No, yeah, that's my, I, no, something like that. Not every time. Not every time. But you know. No bueno. Can't be a this, vacuum on an airplane. This year has been... Um, has definitely been the worst year for me health wise. And I normally, I don't get sick and it doesn't matter if I sleep on a plane or not sleep on the plane, but you might, you, because it sometimes it's cold or you may have, it might be allergies for you. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get sick. Planes are just a cesspool of germs anyway. So absolutely. I, absolutely. I, and this goes back to my theory that the price for tickets is too low for airlines because everybody a- can get on it. There's a video. Wow. So you I, sound I used, real bougie with that bullshit, nigga. I am. <laughs> oh, my God. I am. I Everybody am. can get on these fucking common people with their you, germs and I, coughing. You, you, I guess you, you're going to have to go business class now. I am. Ooh. I'm going max down now. Welcome, Leon. Wait, let me turn wow. up the light. Welcome, Leon. <laughs> wow. I can't, I, can't, I can't do it if I'm paying for it. Oh, my so, God. I will, I will upgrade a work ticket. First class is just as dirty as shit class. It is just as dirty. Like when I used to get on a plane, 
I used to get on with my antibacterial wet wipes and wipe the whole seat down in the tray and people would look at me crazy. I am the Asian women of the air. I think that's completely paranoid. No, I think it's acceptable. (laughs) I think anybody with any type of OCD trait is winning right now. I think it's a bit paranoid. If the germs are there, you're going to get sick. It doesn't matter if you wipe down your seat because the seat next to you is infected. The person next to you is infected. The person next to you has whatever germs they have. You got Uh, it. Well, I'm wiping their seat. I'm spraying their face. (laughs) Like <laughs> right, right. This, this comes with it should be more effective because they're gonna move when you spray their face. Exactly, exactly. Security. So, so there's a video. There's a video. Right. There's a video of Naomi Campbell before this was going on, where she got on the plane and she kind of sanitized the plane, and that was kind of the regimen. But if you got three seats and you sit in an economy, I agree with what Alaric is saying. But at the same time, what I was most worried about is I'm touching that tray. I'm putting my head on that seat and I'm touching those those hand rests. And people have been eating there and they don't clean them. All they do is vacuum, sweep up, take the empty plastic bottles off and keep it moving. And though, by the way, the people, shout out to the people who clean the planes because the majority of those, when I've seen them, especially domestically, are people of color. So oh, yeah. shout out to everybody who, who does those jobs. We love you. We appreciate you, man, for real. And they get paid shit. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't do a good job cleaning our shit up. <laughs> right. And you, but going back to that, you know what? I, I don't use the pillows or the blankets that they hand out. No. Why? Oh, those are just cum racks. Those are supposed to be sanitized. <laughs> those, those are, are supposed to be Those are cum racks. They're supposed to be sanitized. What do you mean they're San- supposed to be? Sanitized with cum. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so when you finish using them, they're supposed to be washed uh, with cum. With cum. <laughs> no. I'm just saying they the just fold that shit back blanket, up. I use a blanket on uh, Saudi Airlines because it's a scent. No, th- it was packaged no. pristinely. It felt like nobody ever used this uh, blanket. And I still have that blanket, by the way. I was <laughs> going to say the same thing for earphones. Like when they give you an earphones, it's in a single no, use pack. I got my own. Why am I using that? Why am I well, using No, that? I understand that. But if you don't, I've been if in I don't, I'm sleeping. And, yeah, if I I'm, don't, I'm then, oh, well, book. I'm not listening to anything. There's no way I would put that in my ears. Now, that's no. where I draw the line. I don't use a pillow. <laughs> I don't use the blanket. <laughs> I'm not going to wrap myself in fucking dirt. <laughs> and Jack's <Jordan's> like, <laughs> no, nah, those, I'm not going to do those that. supposed to be clean. We need to look that up. This su- no, they're supposed yeah. to be clean. Yeah, and, and nobody disagreeing that they're supposed to be clean. The way that they package them, you you think that they're they're new, right? Every time, but it's just shrink wrap. No. Exactly. Con. Mm. Recycle. No, sir. Are we gonna wash these blankets? Nah. Let's just put those cum rags right back in it, those plastic bags. It'll be fine. They won't know anything. <laughs> it's the same thing why I get skeeved oh. up going to hotels. I'm gonna be even more skeeved up now. COVID is laying I, I, down with you. I'm gonna tell my hotel. I'm gonna tell my COVID hotel story in a minute. Come follow us over at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Decoding Four Zero. Be social. Peace. What's been going on with you, Leo? Yo, uh, just dealing with everything. Um, actually, if we go back to March. March 11th is when we decided to pull the kids out of school because the news was so conflicting and it just wasn't clear and it just really reinforce the idea that you can't 100% rely on anyone outside of your own self. You have to make decisions that are best made for yourself and your family. So we decided to pull the boys out of school that Wednesday. And then Thursday, we were waiting. And then Friday, we were like, well, there's no sense in them going to school. And then that weekend is when they had made the decision to close the schools. 
And the other thing I've been saying is I think I've probably been exposed to COVID because it was one one or two days where I was like beat down. But I had been on this uh, Dr. Sebi ish regimen and it kind of I bounced back pretty quickly. And my kids were like laid out also. So for like two days, but I put them on the same thing and they were they responded pretty quickly, I think, in two or three days. So what was that regimen? A lot of sea moss, black tea oil, uh, a lot of vegetables, a lot of ginger, a lot of garlic, teas, and um, just eating a lot of fruit and not eating anything heavy before 11 o'clock at night. Stop eating by 7, 8 o'clock and just allowing your body to kind of regenerate and heal itself. And that really is, I have not been sick once since March. And I'm, I don't get sick often, but for no one in my house who have been sick since we've been uh, under this uh, self-quarantine, that sh- tells me a lot. That a lot of people out there are just germ filled and just happy to spread it just willy nilly. And I'm I'm not for the fuckery, but we're New York um, was supposed to open up on June 8th. So we'll see. As soon um, as your kids go back to school, you're, you're all going to. I know it's, it's, it's back to the same thing. Right. Yeah. And then as far as school, the whole remote learning has been a mess. Well, it's been tough. Uh, they've sort of relaxed the number of tasks that they've been assigning to kids, which is a relief. The first couple of weeks, I had to tell one of my um, son's teachers, like, yo, I don't understand what you guys are doing. It just seems like you're assigning tasks that feel like, you know, you've done something and this is not helpful or responsible learning or teaching. So I felt like I came down hard on her, but I really was just trying to express to her like a little bit of frustration. And I think myself and along with other parents had expressed the same thing to the administration of the school and trying to let them understand that there are different dynamics going on. So, you know, we have two kids who have two different programs that we have to stay on top of. And then for us, it's not just, hey, do this, do this work. It's also active learning. So it's more involved. So the time that we're taking with particularly our seven-year-old is going to be more than the time that he gets when he's in school. So if you're handing or giving us six or seven assignments, those is, that's taking like seven hours to do. That's insane. That's after school. After you know what I mean. So right, they they did cut back on the number of assignments and the number of tasks that the kids are responsible for, which is good because now it keep it, it allows us to keep a, a steady uh, flow and a cadence of when he can work. We can put in like really long, extensive breaks to, so he can recharge and reset. Mm-hmm. And I think his retention is better based on the way that we're teaching. And that's no fault of the education system. It's just more so if you have 15 to 20 kids in a classroom, you can't dedicate the type of time that is required to you know, give a kid. And thankfully, we're able to do that. So I'm a homebody by nature. So I've been OK with staying home. And I don't think I'll ever be able to appreciate this amount of time with my family. Yeah. So I've taken more of a positive look on it when it comes to us having to, you know, deal with the stay at home sort of ordinance. So I'm I'm a different being like I don't need to be out in the street. And there's a great meme. I think I had joked about it yesterday where, where people talk about they coming over your house and like you coming over where <laughs> you ain't coming over here because my house ain't home. <laughs> so and that's how I got to feel like I, I, I can't wait to have people, you know, come over. But at the same time, I'm I'm very happy chilling in my abode and uh just chilling and staying healthy and, and drinking way too much. I got to get back to working out, but you know, it is what it is. And a house is not a home. <laughs> As he sips. When there's no one allowed in this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. This, this homeschooling is very challenging and, and stressful. 
my oldest is in, is pre-K. So it seems like it wouldn't be that that stressful, but you're trying to teach her a whole new way of interacting with her school and interacting with her teachers and interacting with her schoolmates. And she didn't like it. Mm. She didn't like it at all. She doesn't want to sit there. She doesn't want to sit in front of the screen. She wants to play. She wants to read books. She wants to, you know, so they had to figure out how to keep these little ones engaged. I think the older ones, it's a little bit easier because you can get them to at least sit there and focus and concentrate on the screen. She's like, why am I looking at this screen? Right, right, right. So, yeah, it's been a challenge. I think we've run our um, remote learning sort of like um, a Montessori in Cheers. So <laughs> we let the kids kind of do what they want to do. They can learn. But there's so always we, a we bar We teach them drinks. from nine to one, and then from one to six, <laughs> right. they drink. Right. Okay. There's yeah. always a happy hour. Right. There's always drinks happy readily available. Afternoon. <laughs> you're not drinking. You're not thinking. You did good, kid. Here's a beer. <laughs> right. Well, no, the uh, beers are for us. We're not, we're not letting the kids. That'd be a waste. A plus B right. equals C. Hand me a it's sort of like a celebration for teaching. Like, hey, we did you, a great job. We did a great job. I okay. five. Go, go five. get a Yahoo, Yoohoo, and I'll get a uh, costume. Five. What's five plus five? If you get it right, daddy gets to take a shot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Come on. What's five plus five? Come on. We've been we've been doing this all day. Five plus five is what? If you say the right answer, dad gets a shot. Come on. Help daddy out. <laughs> God damn it. You stupid fuck. I'm still gonna take a shot. <laughs> oh shit. Horrible. Bitches, thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Vin, what's been going on in the underground? Lords in the underground. Worker world. Word. Oh, God. <laughs> Boston, Vinny. <laughs> you know, uh, it's yeah. been all right. Yeah. Um, no, nah, but um, fuck. Um, go back to February, the night of the Super Bowl. I was at Rick's crib and my throat started getting kind of scratchy. <laughs> Wait, are you, this is a joke. <laughs> no, this is, uh, no, this is this is real. Oh, okay. no, this is real. This is real. This is real. This is real. I thought that was a hell My, of a setup, but go ahead. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, you went all the way back. <laughs> no, no. So I'm I'm at Rick's crib. My throat starts getting kind of scratchy, whatever. So I don't think nothing of it. The next day I wake up, I have 103 fucking fever. I literally drop my daughter off. I come home. I'm not feeling good. I lay down. When I wake up, it's 103. So I take some Theraflu because I'm thinking, oh, it's the flu. Because this is really before COVID was popping off like that. We was hearing about it, but it wasn't, they wasn't taking this shit seriously. Yeah, that shit was still in China. Yeah, it was still in China. Yeah, it was, it was, it was bullshit, right? Even though the first case really was in December here. So to rewind real quick, that weekend, I remember being on a platform at 96th Street and I seen a lot of motherfuckers wearing masks. And I'm like, yo, why are these motherfuckers wearing masks? They being ridiculous. This one bitch was sitting next to me and her eyes was red. She was coughing and shit. She looked like she probably had the bug and probably that shit probably snatched up onto me. Mm. And Monday I wake up, like again, fast forward past the uh, Super Bowl, wake up, 103 temperature. I take some Theraflu, whatever. I feel better, but I'm still like at 100, 101. I get up the next day, have some more. It brings my temperature down to practically normal. So I go to the doctor. They do them fucking the flu tests. It comes back negative for the flu. And the doctor, because again, they didn't have no COVID tests. 
was like, oh, well, you just have a virus. Well, what what virus <laughs> what virus do I have? Right. They were like, well, we don't know. It's it's a virus. It could be anything. Didn't know it was probably COVID. So for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. I was fighting like 100, 101. It get down to 99, go back to 101. <laughs> and then by that Friday, I was kind of all right. You know what I mean? But I was taking black seed oil and all that shit, orange juice and it up. I, I didn't mm-hmm. lose my appetite. I just had a very high temperature most of the time. And I didn't have anything with my breathing. So, you know, I'm good. But uh have you gotten tested for the antibodies? Nah, they were they they have a, a, a thing at my job for that, but um it's been kind of like a hit and miss. They had it with like a particular um company doing it, and then the company couldn't do it anymore. Then they went to another company, and right now I'm thinking it's like there's such a I'm not sure if they're still doing it or not, but I have to check. But they were having issues with the companies who was actually handling it. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't been tested yet. But um, I'm probably, you know, I've had it. And um, so then when it really started to hit, I'm thinking I had it. I'm pretty sure I had it. You know what I'm saying? I had I had something, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That was very COVID like Mm because all the all the symptoms, you know, said COVID to me, except for the breathing issue. You know what I mean? I didn't have any issues with breathing. I I definitely I think you had it because if you had those symptoms today that's exactly what we would be pointing to like yeah. that's what we yeah. that it would indicate that you would have covid and you'd be mm. tested for that so it was probably that bitch on the motherfucking platform with her red eyes and her <laughs> coughing and shit <laughs> who fucking gave me the monster right i still see that bitches i can still see her face in my in my brain like i was looking at her. i looked at her with some intent because she looked sick she had the red zombie eyes b she probably had the shit she probably had a plethora of shit I Mixed wonder if there's that same chick that sat at the table with me and uh at the, at the <laughs> club. I think about Fuck. her all the time, man. I think she sat next to me on the plane. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Hold up, hold up. Those decoding 40 guys have to be stopped by all means necessary. Let's get them, Rose. <laughs> so after after all of that, I'm back at work. And again, I'm down in the subway doing my job as normal. And this is before everything really started to hit. I went on vacation the first full week in March and the second week. So like the second, third week, March. And um, I didn't go anywhere because they locked everything down. And then they started with the talking, like, oh, stay in the house, whatever, whatever. So then I was on vacation for two weeks. By the time I go back, it's in the middle. It's like fucking ground zero down there. And these motherfuckers didn't give us no mass at first. And the first thing I said was like, yo, what's up with some masks? And I had literally had just ordered a mask that morning. And they were like, oh, well, you know, the masks are for blah, 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 blah. You know, this, the same bullshit that the CDC or whatever was feeding us at the time that we didn't have to wear masks. So they was giving our hand sanitizer. And I'm like, the fuck is that going to do? So just do you, you know, you, it on your face. Did you try that? Nah, B, I, you know, it is what it is, man. So we just doing my job. I was just doing my job and, and, and basically staying out of people's way. And then it then it hit. Then when that shit really hit, I remember taking a, I took another week off because I needed to take a week off. And I got I, I was sick. I did what I had to do because there was no protection for that shit. And nobody had no fucking clue what was going on. And then co-workers started to die. A couple motherfuckers I know that died from that shit that I worked with before. But um, a lot of people I don't know because transit is transit size is is, is basically the FDNY and NYPD put together is how big transit is. You know, we have the highest mortality rate in the city of all workers. We've lost over 120 people so far, if not more than that. 
it's it's crazy right now. And and then they they kind of late with this shit because the whole cleaning shit up didn't really start until a couple of weeks ago when they were, people were complaining because the homeless basically took that shit over. When I went back to work, it was just homeless everywhere, and the homeless didn't give a fuck. They was pissing, shitting everywhere. It was a fucking mess. I'm just thinking, I have not been on the subway in three months. What <laughs> is happening down there? First couple of months, it was fucked up. I've been in the three subway months, months once. Oh no, it's four months now. April. No, I've been uh, in the subway three in months, a minute. Three months. In a minute, March or April, I was in the subway, and I was surprised, happily surprised that there weren't many people on the subway and the people that were on the subway all had a mask and all were respecting social distancing so i was very happy because now i feel empowered that if someone is either coughing without covering their mouth standing too close to me or just looking sickly on the train i feel empowered now to go the fuck off on them right now like Hmm. because now if you're doing that in this climate you really don't care about people and it's like we all need to be able to speak up about it and just say this is to protect the community health. Right. I understand you may have things to do, just like that woman who sat at the table at the coffee shop. At that point, they were saying, if you feel sick, stay home. It's it's there's no more like I'm gonna I'm gonna tough it out and just like nah nah be. You know I'm not scared of the COVID. You know I'm not scared. Of I'm it. not saying be scared, but I'm just saying be smart. <laughs> and, and it's like yo, you know what's crazy? Like the other day. I had shared this with you guys earlier. The other day, I, I was um fucking down at South Ferry, and I went upstairs just to get some air, man. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I had my mask on, and I'm sitting there on the bench, and this dude comes through there with his with his fucking girlfriend, Italian dude, because he obviously was Italian because he had a tank top on. Uh, he had a fucking wife beater on. He just and he and he was a mouth breather. He, he, I know he eats meatballs for fucking breakfast. That type of motherfucker, right? Squangeli's and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking fucking about. guys. You know. And he goes. He goes. Hey, let me ask you a question, right? He goes. When's the bus coming? I said. I don't work for the buses. I work downstairs. Oh, you work downstairs. Let me ask you another question. You, can you breathe with that mask? And I was like, yeah, I'm used to it now. You know what I'm saying? I got to wear a mask. He's like, ah, I'm tired of those masks. I can't breathe with them. You know, I, mm. I know. You, and I'm in my mind like, I know you can't breathe. You mouth breathing, sausage <laughs> eating, <laughs> fucking pepperoni, sausage, fucking squangeli, tomato, yeah, so- tomato sauce, fucking you pasta. What, you know what's so funny about that? Big ZD motherfucker. Chris Rock. I don't know if you guys saw this video, and I, I have no idea why Chris Rock has cornrows in this video, but Chris Rock <laughs> was talking sure. about how wearing a mask has become a social status. Not wearing a mask has become a social status. And why is that? And how are we processing the fact that you not wearing a mask impacts all of us? I have a theory about that. Please go. I think white people have somehow in their mind configures that the mask is somehow connected to wearing um, a hijab or some type of Muslim covering on their face. Like, I think they think. I told you was Obama was going to do it. He was going to turn everybody Muslim. There is something in their mind that is connecting the idea that them covering their face is an infringement on their religious, social and white uh, selves. Because I can't think of any reason other than that as to why they would not want to stay healthy. Because they don't believe in it. Some of them don't believe in it. Some of them don't even believe in it. They think that it doesn't even exist. 
No, you got to get being, past those you, motherfuckers. You know You're what I keep seeing? I keep I, I keep seeing um, people post videos from Bill Gates talking about pandemics from mm-hmm. 2015. And the way he's speaking about them, he's as if he's predicting that there will be a pandemic. But we all knew that this could happen. And the shit got out of control because our government didn't do the, the steps necessary to contain it. And China's government didn't do the steps necessary to contain it. So this was a reality and has been part of the plan, a contingency plan for what happens if a pandemic breaks out. So I don't understand what they're thinking. Like, oh, he's saying that this is about population control. Yeah. When he's simply saying it's a warning, like we need to be on top of this. Why is it that every time something really earth shattering has happened to this country in the last 30 years it's been under the fucking presidency of some dumb motherfuckers bush was president when fucking 9-11 happened and then you got this dumb stupid i this motherfucker can't even do a fucking complete fucking sentence that motherfucker is so dumb have you just listened I, like i listened to this nigga the other day he is a fucking idiot trump is an idiot he's an idiot is he not an idiot? Clearly an idiot. He's, no, I agree. He's clearly an idiot. Trump Trump is the guy, or actually, he's been me. You ever be in, in class <laughs> and you're not prepared, but the, the teacher called on you? And you just made you just, you just, you just, you just, just I'm just going to bullshit my way through it. Like, no, like, like, and that's why. <laughs> and you be adamant about your response. Like, and, and then, because if you read the paragraph the way that I read it, <laughs> the way that I understood it to me, <laughs> there is no way that black people could be free. Am but, I right? But that's, but that's, but that's, but to me, that's Trump's mastery. Even if the world is on fire, I'm still on message. But it's not mastery because you know what I got on. No, those he's an idiot. He's an idiot. I got it's a failing grade on those presentations. Any presentation that's you. that I made. I think Trump realized Trump doesn't even I, hold up. Mm-hmm. Trump doesn't even speak in sound bites. He just speaks my, in idiocracy. He's an idiot. Dude. He just my be dude. rambling. He just and then it's my back dude. to sucking his own dick. And then my he dude. goes to he's a fucking I a idiot. Student. I am a student of consumer behavior. And he's what an I'm idiot. saying is it's possibly, but that doesn't matter if idiot. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. It doesn't oh, matter that he's an idiot. If I can garnish 33 to 45% of the populace to say, I get that, don't care, and here's where I'm at because here's the messaging. And we all agree that this is the messaging that we're going to talk about today. And if I can do that consistently on a recurring basis, that here's what we're going to talk about today whether it's true or not, at some point, you need to respect his gangster. No, because that's not what he's doing. No, 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 no. See, yeah, that's, that's exactly not what he's doing. I think that's you're exactly giving him, what he's doing. I think you're giving him too much credit as being the mastermind behind the messaging. And he is not the mastermind right. behind the messaging. And this is not intentional. You know, there, there, there's a saying that business is dirty, but politics is way dirtier. There are people in Washington who are the smartest, most conniving, cunning, ruthless people on the planet who are the real engine behind how Washington moves, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to tell me they are not in control of what he's saying? 
You don't think that they figured out how to get Donald Trump to say the things that they want said and do the things that they want done? No, no, because they're because they're actually smarter. They're smarter than him. So it's not very it's not very hard to manipulate him. They already know that all they have to do is put his name in certain paragraphs for him to read it. I agree with what you're saying. At the same time, if I say something crazy that's totally off the map and 50 or 100 people back it up, whether it's true or not, it becomes part of the general think and the nomenclature that we have the next conversation, whether it's true or not. I'm not disputing that. But what I'm disputing is that he is the architect of that. He is not the talking point. But I don't care if he's the... It doesn't matter if he's the architect. It absolutely does matter. Okay. It absolutely does matter. It's KRS-One. It's KRS-One. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. All right. I'm not trying. I'm not. Fucking for it. If we look at his messaging, right? And when he talks... He knows the talking points. He knows certain talking points that he keeps going back to. He's been given that. He's been fed that. If you don't see the apparatus that's behind the presidency, you don't really understand that the president isn't in full control, doesn't know everything, doesn't have every briefing. He certainly has none of that information. He has whatever they gave him five minutes before he went out on stage. That's what he's got. And he might have written notes that, do you remember when he wrote notes no collusion. But we did not, not collude. Hold on, hold on. But that's not different. That's how they communicate to him. Right, but that's not different that is not, from George that is Bush. Not that's not, that, that's that not, is the, that's that not. is a useful idiot. Yes, but that's not different than George Bush. What is it's different not. than George Bush? It is. Hold on. But what is different no, than George not. Bush? Hold on. What is different than George Bush is he is the architect of the fuck that shit, we're going to do it anyway. That is what makes him different. Because I don't think there's anybody on this call that wouldn't take some George Bush right now instead of taking that fucking Trump to the face. I personally don't see a difference between besides the language, but it's two sides of the same coin, whether it's George W. Bush or it's Trump. Trump is full of a lot of rhetoric, a lot of talk. Most of the shit he can't do that he's said that he's going to do. It's not possible. It's not within his power, but he's trying to convince the masses that it is, but he's not he's, an architect. He, he's still in entertainer mode. That's yes. the thing that really drives me insane is that he understands so. that what you have you seen a rally? He will literally say something that is untrue, unfounded, that is not factually based, that is not reality based, just to get a rise out of the uh crowd. He's and like me. Yes, <laughs> he, he is. He is. <laughs> he he's the Vinny of the United States. <laughs> You thought you had super facts? Super facts. Super, super facts. So fuck Trump because he killed my father. Um, Wow. Let's start here. First of all, I want to shout out all my brothers because everybody really supported me during this. I lost my my dad to COVID-19 on April 7th. And And we all going back, right? So I feel like we're doing flashback Netflix movies. March 13th, I shut down. March 20th, I get a phone call that... Someone brought my father was in a he was in a senior facility and my father had some health issues, but overall, physically, his body was in good shape. And from March 20th, April 7th, my father was dead. I was able to go see my father on April 6th before he passed. 
And I was able to go into the hospital. The hospital gave me special permission to go see my father. And I watched my father struggling to breathe. And they said, we don't think he's going to make it on the ventilator. And in retrospect, I probably should have fought more, but I didn't because I saw my father struggling to breathe. And my father had told me a year ago, nine months before, he says, if I go out, I'm okay. He literally told me that to my face. So I watched my father pass from COVID-19. They were like, he's positive. But the staff overall in New York City had done an amazing job. They had five people around me. They had they made sure I was good. But for me going to see my father, I had to quarantine myself for 14 days. From that, I had to then start planning my father's funeral. And then I couldn't bury my father for six weeks because my father's from Virginia. And I couldn't get a flight back for him back to Virginia. So finally, I got him a flight back to Virginia. I was able to lay my father to rest. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. But, I, but I'm going to say this, man. My father liked all of you guys. And he has met all of you guys. And, and he has he, he had a different respect for what I did and what, what we do. And my father said to me a long time ago, he's like, don't let my death be the death of you. And I've been taking a lot of that to heart. And I've been taking a lot of that as fuel for me to get up every day and do what I do. And he's right, right? Like it's part of the natural cycle of life. In addition to, I've been mourning my father for years because the man that I knew is not the man that passed away. It was a different person because I've watched him decline over years. And he told me last year, he was like, look, I'm very proud of you. I need your help. I don't know where I'm at. And if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And this was pre-COVID. So when COVID came in and took my father out, I had to relook at what was important. And one of the things that I that I took from that was me being happy and adding value to my community was important. Whatever that looks like, whether people agree with it or not, me standing up and saying, this is what I'm about, whether people agree with it or not is important. And you being the person that I raised you to be, whether people agree with that or not, is equally as important. So I want to take a moment to thank everybody for reaching out to me, for showing me love. And hopefully I can stand up in the shoes of the man that passed and deliver value back to everyone in a way that he, in a way that I feel he would have delivered value. So to his community, because there are people that adopted my father as their father, even though they weren't biologically connected to him. So for that reason, that was the heaviest weight that I had to carry. That was the heaviest water that I had to carry. And I want to shout all of you because all of you reached out to me. Alaric, Leon, Vinny, y'all reached out to me every day for two weeks in some regard. And I love y'all for that. And I appreciate that. 100%. You're welcome. 100%. So, yes, I brother. Yes, I lost my father, but my father wanted me to keep it moving, and that's what we're gonna do. No doubt. And 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 that's it. And uh, April seventh, Mac Burnett, the singing poet. I promise you, he didn't die on the day that he died. He's going to continue to live on, and I'm no and I'm grateful to have him as an example. One hundred percent. Shout out to Mr. B. Mr. B. I remember the first time I met Max Pops and I came into the real estate office and I think me and Mac was eating something or drinking something. I don't know. He was probably eating or drinking. It was one of the two. 
And was some Jamaican food. We had Jamaican food. We, yeah, I think I, we had some food or some shit. And then his pops was in the back. I he I hadn't seen him yet, but um, I I can hear YouTube videos playing. Oh, and it was some conspiracy <laughs> shit. Uh, conspiracy <laughs> shit, right? So I hear it, and I'm like, yo. <laughs> His pops, I can fuck with this nigga. Like he goes down a rabbit hole. Okay, so yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And he came out, you know, what I'm saying had a three piece suit on, just smooth, you know what I mean, and very soft spoken. Uh, just got a had a cool spirit. And you know, when you meet someone who reached the age that his father has reached, you got to just pay homage and respect because he done seen some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it was a pleasure meeting him, man. He was a cool dude. He's you know, spirit lives on, man, for real. I appreciate that. One of the funniest yeah. shits was I had my pops with me one day and y'all niggas was like, oh, we at this bar, whatever, whatever, whatever. All right. <laughs> you remember that? And I brought my pops out and he comes yo. down and he sits down. Yeah. He's like, yo, give me, he was like, yo, give me a vodka, whatever, whatever. And then the owner comes up and she's like flirting with my pops. And you look at me. That was the funniest shit because and you was like, yo, he what, was giving what him. What kind of magic does my pops have? <laughs> and my pops is like, well, you know, I write songs. You know what I'm saying? I write songs. What you about up in here with your bar? Tell me about your bar. Uh, and you looked over at me like, word? I was like, yo, I don't know. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. That's shout dope. out to Mr. B, man. I'm going to dedicate this episode to you, man. So we lost my pops, Mr. B. Shout out. All day, all day, every day. We lost James Lipton. We lost Little Richard. Mm, Andre Harrell. 2020 Kobe. has been like the cousin you don't really fuck with who come to the barbecue, but you got to let him in anyway. It's like, it's terrible. Kobe really should have been the marker to let us know that this year was yeah. going to be out of control. Yeah. You all are in for some serious shit this year. From yeah, Kobe to COVID, yo. From Kobe you, you, to COVID. Science, yeah. son. Betty Wright. No, Betty Wright is still alive. Not Betty White. Betty Wright. Betty Wright. Oh, Betty Wright. The oh, singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. B. Smith. B. Smith. <laughs> yeah. James Lipton. He said Kenny Betty White. White. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> Fred Willard. Yeah. Shout out to Fred Willard in uh, Space Force, man. I mean, I'm what? I'm saying Pop Smoke, but I had no idea who he was before. I had no idea who he is. There's another young lady that. The LO and I was talking about. I had no idea who she was either. Oh, the rap. Hold up. Um, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. That nigga said, There's another young lady. He sounded like he was 75 years old when he said that shit. There's another young lady, whatever her name is. He turned 21 on New Year's Day. Oh, and wow. Died from an overdose. Oh, Damn. man. And I said, that, too that's, hard. Yeah, that's like getting the keys to the new Benz and you told him. Rapping that, that shit. As soon as you pull out the driveway, that's yeah. crazy. Kirk Douglas. Shout out to yeah. Kirk Douglas, man. Oh, the, other dude from, the other dude from Seinfeld died. Yeah, yeah. Stiller. Oh, Jerry Stiller. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Rogers. You got no one to hold it. Kenny Rogers was the first record that I brought to school, and I got I got played for that. Yeah, I remember you talking which, about Which that. record was it? It wasn't no, Hold'em. Hold it was Hold'em. What? Really? Who tried to play <laughs> Everybody, uh, everybody, so everybody was <laughs> like, uh, yeah, everybody, pretty much. Man, Jay, then, what are you doing? <laughs> right, right. right. So then I went over. I went over. Then they got a. Then they got a pompadour. And uh, and uh, what do you call it? Your man uh, Curtis Blow. Curtis Blow took over <laughs> with a moment. pipe. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga. That, that nigga. That nigga Mac had a pompadour, a pipe, like, and a sweater. 
Oh shit! I think at, Mac at is four, eighty five. years old in third grade. <laughs> and Curly, um, Curly Neal from the Harlem Globetrotters. Yo, yeah, I, 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 wait, wait, hold on. Let's talk about Curly. Did y'all ever see Curly live? Yes. Um, no, only on TV. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in basketball level. Curly live at the Garden was one of the most incredible things to watch, whether it was real or not. It was amazing to watch Curly on the field. I watched Curly live, and he was incredible. Even though I felt like Curly was the WWE of basketball, I felt like Curly was incredible. So I just want to shout Curly out because I thought he was incredible, man. I watched Curly work, and he was in, he was he was dope, man. I've watched Curly on multiple occasions live <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> I don't even know what he's laughing at, but the funny thing is, uh, I think I'm laughing because niggas is caping for Curly. <laughs> <laughs> niggas, what? niggas is caping for Curly. He going crazy for Curly. No, but the, the comedy is dope. Oh, I was gonna, I'm sorry. I don't know how dope Curly was, but I think <laughs> going to the Harlem Globetrotters at MSG was one of the three times my father <laughs> came came through on a promise that he made. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a win. Yeah. Oh, but uh, other than yeah. that, he was like, man, fuck this. Nigga, fuck these shit. niggas. Right. <laughs> Come on, boy. I got some tickets. Let's go. This dad shit is doing <laughs> a lot of work. And he, he probably, I don't oh know, my he probably God. stole the tickets while you bought <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. But uh, yeah, man, shout out to your dad and um, everybody yeah, else that we lost during this period of time. Because I, I have been thinking about it in the terms that I lost my grandmother two years ago. If she was alive now, I would be so crazy because I know she doesn't really care about the news and she'll be out and she'll just go traveling. I would hope that she would take this serious, but, you know, she was really religious and, you know, leaned on her uh, faith. Um, so it would have been me arguing with her as to why she should not go outside and me having to travel to go see her. But that said, though, I my heart goes out to anybody who lost um, a loved one during this period. Because it's so much to deal with added to the emotional uh, stress and the grief that that comes with losing someone. So I my heart goes out to you, Mac, for real, man, because that that's a lot to deal with in um, in this period of time. I appreciate that, man. It's funny. It's funny because I think about this shit a lot. I think about like what my pops would have wanted and what he was engaged in the way it was at and 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 I think (laughs) I think about all of these things in, in context. And it was funny because he was talking a lot about Trump in context in 2016. And I was like, how did you get there from Obama in 2008? What happened in that eight years that made you shift? Talked about Alex Jones and a lot of things. And it was really weird to hear my father, who's from the South, who's from Brunswick County, Virginia, to hear him talk about Trump in such a highlight. It was really fascinating for me to process all of that. And I'm still processing all of that. But... At the same time, I think it's really interesting to see where we are right now and, and what all of that means. So, yo, like I said, shout out to Mr. B, man. Yo, what's up? It's your boy, Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rook. It's your boy, Vin. <laughs> what the fuck's happening here? I'm with uh, Vincent Perez, a.k.a. This is Vin. Chill uh, yourself. Yo, what's going uh, on, everybody? Mac, do not say what's going COVID. on, everybody. We end the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Mac, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Rook. <laughs> 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rock, and you are listening to another episode of The Coding 40, and I'm sitting here with my brothers. You got your boy Vin here, and I'm fucking going COVID crazy, all right? If I've got to spend another fucking week of quarantine, I'm going to kill somebody. But other than that, I hope everybody's safe. Wear a fucking mask and don't cough near me. Peace. Peace. God bless. Everybody stay safe. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. We missed bringing you guys the content. And I know a lot of you have missed us serving up the content. So I'm glad we could come back together. With the content. With the content. (laughs) With the content. (laughs) (laughs) We locked in. This is Decoding 40. (laughs) 